This episode of the Power Connect podcast is brought to you by 4M Analytics, mapping the subsurface. Our mission, like when we're trying to solve the accessibility problem, is getting all this data in one place uh, that will be available to you in a click, right? So there's no more 80 hours. It's more like uh, 80 seconds or less. Welcome into the Power Connect Podcast. I'm your host, Fred Davis. Episode number 30 of the program happening today on a Thursday. Glad to have you guys on board as we are each and every episode. And we've got another great one for you slated today. Mr. David Haresh, Director of Marketing at 4M Analytics. And look... When you throw Google around, you know you got big dreams, big ambitions, and you better be doing it big. Well, that's exactly what they're doing over at 4M Analytics when they call themselves the Google Earth of the subsurface. What do we mean by that? Well, stick around. We'll tell you what that means next. Or Actually, David's going to tell you what that means next. But before we get to that, a couple things. One, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, Apple, Spotify. If you listen to us on Apple, make sure you leave us a five-star rating and listen to the podcast in its entirety, helps with the algorithm, help with the charts. You know how that whole shtick works. And share it with a friend. We'd be happy if you did. Also, too, you can check us out on the website, thepowerconnect.net, over on LinkedIn, Fred Davis and The Power Connect, and on Twitter, at the Freddie D. Give us a follow. You will be glad that you did. Two great guests coming up next week. Andreas Thorsheim, founder and CEO over to Tovo. They are the leader in rooftop solar, residential rooftop solar over in Europe. We Great conversation with him and Miss Aria McKenna, longtime actress. She's now host of the Green TV program and the Global Cooling Project is what she's heading up now. So great conversation we've got with her. Looking forward to all of that. And of course, as always, we said, if you want to be a podcast partner if you want to know more about the show if you want to get involved with the show give us a follow connect with us on linkedin and or you can also shoot us an email fred at thepowerconnect.net fred at thepowerconnect.net all right let's get right down to today's program mr david haresh uh incredible work they're doing again the Google of the subsurface. What does that mean? I'm glad you asked. Well, first off, they had an incredible background story as to how the whole 4M company started, removing mines over in Israel and over in that area, and of course, trying to get that started, get that funded, had to pivot, had to take more of a business approach, if you will. We'll let David explain that whole story, but an absolute tremendous uh, origin story and how that whole thing started. But then once they started getting into the subsurface using satellite technology, how that evolved and the absolutely Herculean task and effort that they have undergone in getting utility information underground. It's a wonderful story, and I'm telling you right now, for you renewable folks out there and oil and gas, this is definitely a service you're going to want to know more about. So without further ado, please welcome to the program, Director of Marketing from 4M Analytics, Mr. David Haresh. Forum Analytics, we're on a mission to create a global map of subsurface infrastructure. So oil and gas pipelines, water and sewage pipelines, uh, fiber, uh, power, and so on and so on. We're starting with, uh, with the United States, and in the United States, uh, we're starting with, uh, with Texas, creating a global digital map of Texas. But actually, the origin story of uh, Forum Analytics actually starts in Israel uh, with uh, three founders that developed a pretty cool technology to clear minefields. A bit about the technology. So we use a combination of uh, satellite imagery, artificial intelligence, public and private records to basically see into the subsurface and create digital maps of what we're seeing into the in the subsurface. 
when the founders started the the company so they actually found a way like they were in the idf they were in special forces dealing with uh, clearing explosives and when they kind of uh, finished their uh, their duty national duty they uh, kind of said okay how are we going to give this world some good do some do some good uh, and they set up companies to clear minefields and what they actually did was uh, at the beginning they started with uh, autonomous tractors and uh, all sorts of sensors and uh, cool GPRs and stuff like that uh, but then they tried to they decided that they want to be able to they wanted to have the ability to clear minefields at scale so they brought in the element of satellite imagery and that was a real game changer and like just proving that they could use satellite imagery remotely with no boots on the ground locating the exact location of mines and kind of clearing post-conflict regions that was uh, that was dramatic uh, and they they had some had some successful experiments uh, uh, with uh, sort of the Israeli DOD uh, and then they said okay we're gonna build a startup and we're gonna raise capital uh, but they they didn't manage to do that because uh, uh, nobody wanted to invest in a venture that was uh, gonna blow up so to speak in, the, in their face. Uh, so they looked for uh, for a different problem. They looked for something that uh, uh, also made sense from a business perspective, and they came across the problem of uh, subsurface utilities and infrastructure and civil engineering. That today, if you want to pave a road or put a pipeline into the ground, so you dig, you trench. And when you trench, you encounter uh, already existing infrastructure that often you didn't know what was there. And when I say encounter, I actually mean damage, because that's what happens most of the time when you found, find a, uh, a utility that was a surprise for you. So today, the way to, to kind of to solve this issue is sending out uh, 5, 10, 20 field investigators uh, to kind of locate buried utilities with uh, uh, ground penetrating radars and uh, hydro vacuums and stuff like that and 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 that's that's awesome that's also the only way you can really verify that there's actually uh, something buried in the ground but what we're doing using satellite imagery we're basically able to map utilities at scale like we're not confined to to the manpower that you need to kind of go back and forth over a road with the with the gpr and you can do that for one mile two miles three miles a day and we can in an instant look at satellite imagery and give you 10 miles 20 miles 30 miles tell us a little bit about when you made that pivot from going from humanitarian to okay now we're we're going to help companies understand the subsurface what all what all is there because we've got this great technology what was the first idea to go to the United States versus, you know, let's try this here in Israel, let's try this over in Europe? What made the, why did the U.S. make the most sense to, to start out there? So obviously, like, the first thing that uh, the company did was try and validate, like, the, the, the problem space. So today when we look at, the, uh, when we talk to our friends in the industry, we know that there's, the, the problem divides into two. The core, the, the problem starts with access to utility data. So today, when you want to kind of get your get your hands on a, a location of a water pipeline, for example, best case scenario, it's on a server that's twenty clicks away. Worst case scenario, it's uh, uh, buried in a it's a hard copy buried in a basement in the outskirts of a town that no one's ever heard of. And even when you get your hands on this utility data, you're not sure if you can trust it. 
because the contractor made uh, made changes while while he was uh, building the project itself because they didn't upload it to whatever platform accurately because it was drawn on a napkin or a piece of paper and you're not sure if the exact location on the paper matches the exact location of where you've actually built the pipeline or, or whatever it is. And this is a problem that's it's an international problem. Like this isn't only happening uh, in Israel or Europe or Australia or Canada or or the United States. It's happening everywhere. And once we realize that, so from a business perspective, it made sense to go to the United States because the standards and the SOPs around uh, how to work with subsurface infrastructure is uh, very much uh, evolved. I would say like there's a lot of uh, clarity about what the challenge is and what are the ways to, to solve it and it made sense for us to become part of this uh, this infrastructure ecosystem that is happening in the US and I'd also add to that that at the moment there is like with everything that's happening with the, the infrastructure bill there is an infrastructure boom at the moment in the in the US and I'd say that a big part of that is also happening in Texas So, which is also why we've made a decision to set up headquarters in Austin, Texas. What's been the reception when you go in to these organizations, to these entities, to these companies and tell them, look, we're going to find this hard to get information and make it accessible for everybody? First of all, I think uh, one of the best things about our industry is that everything is built on, uh, on relationships and everything is built on sort of a uh, mutual trust. So once once we're able to to establish that, to kind of to make sure that both sides kind of share the same values and are trying to uh, solve the same problems and challenges, it makes it very very easy to have an open conversation about what we're trying to do. So that's first. But the second thing is is look the the value that we're bringing to the table is a bit unprecedented. And I'm saying this because today, when you're a civil engineering firm of uh, 10, 20, 50 people, and you're kind of going out to evaluate a future uh, text dot project or some sort of uh, road expansion, and you're trying to figure out if it's, this is something that you want to take on, is this something that you, you want to be involved in the design, one of the first things that, is that you do is you evaluate what are the utilities in the area of interest of the project. And today when you do that, this is even before you, you handed in the proposal, it's before you, you got the project, this is just when you're, you're still scoping for work. And you need to invest between, like somewhere, depends on the project, depends on the firm, but 40, 60, 80 man hours in just gathering this data. And our mission, like when we're trying to solve the accessibility problem, is getting all this data in one place, uh, that will be available to you in a click, right? So there's no more 80 hours. It's more like uh, 80 seconds or less. But what's been the biggest challenge in these last few years, um, you know, getting your getting your foot in the ground as far as, you know, here in Texas, uh, but maybe not necessarily just, you know, from a business standpoint and maybe just from an internal standpoint when you guys have the growth that you've had and you're solving such a monstrous problem. So to be honest, like the challenges that we're having as a company and not so much with the relationships and with the industry because we, we are, like I said, the industry and Texas in general, is a, it, there is a very warm culture and ecosystem that's very much accepting to new stakeholders in the industry and also to, to innovation in general. So I think there, like we're not, 
we're not really seeing a challenge. Even more so, I'd say that uh, uh, there's a lot of kind of come be a part of what we're trying to do, be a part of this ecosystem. But the challenges that I'd say that we're having uh, more on the R&D technology side of things where there's just, look, there's a reason why this hasn't been done before. There are so many data sources, like uh, we've added to our platform hundreds of thousands of layers of, uh, of utility data. We've gathered the entire industry together and put it all in, in one platform. Like that, that's something that you need hardcore technology to, to make happen. And there's still things that we need to solve behind the scenes to make this, uh, like I said, to solve the challenges of accessibility and reliability. Like we're, we're still, there's still a journey here that we're, we're on. So I'd say that like if I need a point at a challenge, I, I would say it's there. But look, we're making headway. So we're very optimistic. Until now, we've been very much, the way we worked was uh, civil engineering firms or subsurface utility engineering firms or contractors would reach out to us and say, hey guys, look, this is, uh, uh, this is the project that we're working on. Please give us a, a map of, uh, of the utilities in this area of interest. And we've done projects like that all over the world, uh, from Israel to, to Europe to Canada to the states all across the, the U.S. But now what we're building, and this is what we're really excited about, is we're building a Google Earth of the subsurface, basically a digital map, a one-stop shop, a repository of utility data that you can basically pick a place on a map and see the subsurface utility data in that location and you know some of the feedback that we've gotten from uh, our partners in the industry is that we've taken 12 uh, 12 tabs that are open kind of on your Google Chrome that one is a railroad commission and the other is uh, uh, the Austin uh, GIS platform and uh, uh, pick the 10 other uh, utility data sources that you use and we turn these 12 tabs into one and instead of having 12 different reports of utility data we're providing one report and going back to it's not only about the uh, the collecting of utility data that you have but it's uh, putting it all into one place and uh, that tells one coherent story i think that's a, a dramatic thing that we're bringing to the industry is there anybody that we haven't mentioned that the audience might be surprised you guys hear from a lot or, or you're starting to see buzz from as far as uh wanting the forum google of the subsurface services we're seeing something really interesting. Look, we, we've actually been very much focused on uh, stakeholders that are involved around uh, transportation projects, so a lot of TxDOT uh, consultants and, uh, and contractors. That, but uh, recently, we're starting to get a lot of feedback from the stakeholders actually in the renewable space because we're seeing like a lot of uh, uh, renewable projects all across Texas. Uh, and they are also uh, evaluating the subsurface from a utility perspective before they cut, when they assess a certain land plot. And we're seeing like a, a lot of need for what we're doing there because in the transportation sector, so you have like you have all these standards of subsurface utility engineering and there's a lot of clarity there. But in renewables, because it's private, uh, so not so much, but they still, they still need to give answers to these questions of what's what's buried beneath the surface so they don't create any damage. Uh, and they're looking for a way that is also scalable, right? Because it's not like this half mile, one mile long. It's normally like 
one square mile, two square miles, eight square miles, like these are places that you need to have the capability to evaluate the subsurface scale. And a lot of times doing this, this field investigation is just, uh, it's needed in some, in some cases, but it's a lot of times not scalable. So which is where our solution can give some interesting value. You mentioned, obviously, satellite technology is a big part of, of uh, you know, kind of the core resource that you guys use. A, where does that, I mean, we know where that comes from, but I mean, you know, with so many different satellites and with so many different capabilities, tell us a little bit about how that whole, you know, wrangling the right satellites works. And I would imagine that with the constant evolution of satellite technology, that this means that, you know, you're going to, this is only going to get better and better and that you'll evolve as satellite technology evolves. Uh, we have two types of, uh, two levels of utility data in our company that we, we offer. Uh, so the first level, and that's uh, the platform that, that I talked about before, which, by the way, we've, uh, we've just released a wait list before we launched the platform to everyone that uh, basically you can sign up for early access. I can maybe, maybe we can drop that in the link. Uh, uh, but, and, but that type of utility data that's on the platform, that's what's called as-built data. So it's very much based on the public and private records uh, that we uploaded to, to the system. And like I said, the problem with those records is, uh, well, as-built, a lot of times we hear in the industry are more called as-maybes uh, because, like I said, you can't rely on them. It's very difficult to trust them. And that's where we offer the extra level of satellite uh, imagery, which basically verifies or uh, uh, detects anomalies in the as-built utility data. So just to explain like how the technology uh, works behind that, we have access to satellite imagery data that goes back about 70 years, aerial imagery that go back, goes back even further than that. And basically, we've developed these techniques and technologies and, and algorithms that are able to scan these databases and look for visual evidence of buried utilities. So we can find excavators that are, that are digging trenches. We can see scar marks. Uh, we can see manholes, valves and a variety of other indicators that tell us what's happening beneath the surface. Uh, and then when, when we find these indicators, we compare them to the, uh, to the records, to the public and private records that we, uh, that we have, and we basically verify the location of, those, of the, these records, because sometimes uh, you can find a pipeline which is 300 feet off or 500 feet off, or sometimes we even find uh, undocumented or unregistered uh, utilities that we just don't have any records for, uh, but, but we see visual evidence that there's something there. I'd say that that's the offering, that's, that's the value that we're giving. So, so I'm saying, so when you find utilities that don't have any yeah. necessarily paperwork for it, what is yeah. it one of those deals where you just report it to the folks and let them know, like, hey, look, we couldn't find anything. This is where yeah. it's at. Or do you, then you guys go down that rabbit hole of trying to figure exactly. out where the hell it is? So not really. Like, it's really up to the, like, we're just providing the information. And gotcha. like, uh, the stakeholders that we work, we work with, they can decide what they want to do with it. But like all these, uh, like when you see it on the map, all these different utilities, they have different colors. Like uh, oil and gas would be yellow and water would be blue and wastewater green and so on and so on. And like when we find something that's undocumented or unregistered, we kind of put it kind of in this uh, pink purplish uh, color and kind of say, guys, we just don't know what this is. So it's uh, we just mark it, basically. Okay, so at the very least, it's like, look, this is what we found. Nobody knew about it. There's no documentation for it. But just so you guys know, yeah. it's there. 
and what y'all want to do way, with it at that point is up they, to you. There could be there could be documentation right. from like 1948 on some napkin that just nobody knows exists, but but like but we haven't found right. that right. So. It's sitting in somebody's back pocket in a in a casket somewhere exactly. for crying out loud. Exactly, exactly. Interesting, interesting. Hell, that's a story in and of itself. You guys are, like I said, dead set on the state of Texas right now. Obviously, we know there's 49 other states, and you guys have the, you know, you guys are building this platform, and you got the the, the manpower and what have you to continue this on. But right now, the, the 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 focus is the state of Texas, and then at that point, then you'll start to branch out. What's kind of the uh, what's kind of the next steps, if you will, for 4M? Yeah. So um, first of all, we're very happy to to be here in Texas, like. When we kind of, we, we tried to, the, the, one of the reasons why we chose Texas was, uh, look, there's a business aspect to it that we kind of saw, okay, so where's infrastructure, infrastructure going to happen in the next 10 years? And there's two states, there's California, and then there's Texas. California is very difficult to do business, uh, and there's a lot of regulation there, uh, and we kind of decided, okay, Texas is the exact opposite, and that's where we're going to go. Um, after Texas, there are uh, there are some states that we're looking at that uh, that will be the next states that we're kind of going to open up our platform to, uh, but we're not there yet. Um, like they're they're probably the states where also it's uh, easy to do business. There's awareness to the uh, problems that we're trying to solve, and there's uh, a lot of infrastructure that's going to happen in the next ten years. So right now, we're very much focused on proving our value here in Texas. Like making sure that we give value to the uh, infrastructure, civil engineering stakeholders here. Real quick, tell the folks at home where they can find out more about Forum. Yeah, so uh, you can uh, I guess everyone's on LinkedIn. So uh, LinkedIn Forum Analytics, uh, it's a good place to find us and reach out to us. And if not LinkedIn, so uh, our website. But I really, really recommend that you go on LinkedIn because we create some funny content. So I hope at least we'll make you laugh. Thank you for that, Mr. David Horesh. As always, you can catch all of the Power Connect episodes over at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and over the website, thepowerconnect.net. Leave us a five-star rating, follow the show, and listen to the podcast. And more importantly, share it with a friend. Pass it along. Two great episodes coming up next week. As we said, Andreas Thorsheim, founder and CEO at Atovo, as well as Aria McKenna, host of the Green TV program and director of the Global Cooling Project. Thank you, as always, to all the listeners, guests, audience, everybody for making the Power Connect. Connect what it is. This has been the Power Connect Podcast, connecting the energy transition one conversation at a time. Wake up, all the builders, time to build a new land. I know we could do it if we all lend a hand. The only thing we have to do.